Welcome to the Money Diaries. I am your host, Nicole Ayub, and I am the founder of Wall Street Girl Next Door. Here at the Money Diaries, we are going to be untangling the emotional relationship we have with our money and having an intimate conversation about the sides of money we never talk about. We will be diving into fear, shame, money wounds, habits, behaviors, and how we can heal them to have a beautiful and healthy relationship with our money. Here we go. Welcome back to the Money Diaries. My name is Nicole and I am recording live from the FinCon conference in New Orleans. I have been here for the past couple days and FinCon is a conference that they have annually, all different locations around the country for all personal finance content creators and coaches and podcasters, people all across the different areas of the industry. And it has been an amazing past couple days. I did the attended the Women in Money conference that they had earlier this summer in Irvine, California. And I met some amazing women and contacts. And I was able just to see what other people are doing in the industry and what other creators are doing and other brands. And it's just so amazing to see this industry grow as a whole. And it's also really great for me to see what other people are already doing and to see where I feel there is a lag in the personal finance industry still. And so to go back to why I started this brand, I feel like there still is a big empty space around talking about the emotion and the mindset around money, maybe more on the emotional aspect, because I feel like money mindset is being talked about a lot more. But it's just more of untangling the emotional drivers that control our behaviors and our habits, which control our spending and our saving and everything that we do with our money. So it's really great to be here and to see that and just to for it to really solidify how important it is to talk about all the things that we're going to be talking about on this podcast. And so one of the things that I wanted to talk about today is how important it is to automate your finances. And I'm all about people doing little habits and behaviors that can make a huge impact on your financial life. And so automation is such a huge part of staying consistent with your finances. So automation does the work for you. When you set these things up and you set up your financial life to pay yourself first and to put money into your retirement and your savings and investment accounts and to put money towards your goals, the automation does all the work for you. You don't have to go in and manually transfer money from your checking account into your savings account because people rarely do that. And I know from my own experience and I'm relatively good with my money, relatively good if there's extra money in my savings account, putting it where it needs, or extra money in my checking account, I should say, putting it into my savings or into an investment account. But that's not the way that it should be. And that's not the way that the average person is, because the way that it is, is if there's money in our checking account, we're most likely going to spend it. And that's why paying yourself first and setting up automation is so important. So I'm just going to give you a few tips on what you can do to automate your financial life. 
So the way that I have my checking account set up, so I think first it's important to start talking about the necessary accounts that you're going to need in order to automate your financial life. So I have my main checking account, which is my spending account basically, and I have some bills coming out of that account. I have my savings account where I keep my emergency fund that I do not touch unless I obviously need to, but that is that is purely for my savings. And then I have my another savings account that I have my rent taken out of. So I get paid twice a month. So I have half of my rent taken out of my paycheck automatically from my job. So I set up automatic deposit at my employer. So I have half of my rent taken out from my paycheck at my employer. So I set up automatic deposit to have half of my rent taken from my paycheck automatically every payday and put into a specific savings account that I have my rent pulled from. So this helps you spread out your rent or your mortgage, however you pay for your monthly housing costs. It spreads it across across both your paychecks and that's if you get paid bi-monthly, if you get paid however you get paid. Just figure out a way where you can automate it. Sometimes I, I know that people get paid monthly and, and that's like a little bit of a different scenario, but or if you have inconsistent pay streams. Sometimes people don't even get paid bi-monthly. They get they have inconsistent pay in income streams. And if that's the case, then you need to look at on average how much you make a month. And so this is going to everybody who has inconsistent income streams is going to have to do a little bit of work on there to see how much on average they make. So maybe you have one big month, one slow month, or maybe you had one big month and you have four or five slow months. So you need to look at, but maybe that one month can sustain you for the next four or five months. So you need to look at your income and then average it out on how much you make per month and then be able to divide that out into putting money away accordingly for your housing costs and your other fixed costs. But the reason that you do this is because you want to make sure that you spread out your fixed cost as evenly as possible so that at the end of the month, you're not having all your rent come from one paycheck and then you're tight on money until your next paycheck. The more evenly you can spread things out, then the better it's going to be for your financial situation and it's just going to ease a little bit of the pressure. And so that's the first suggestion that I have is spreading your rent out across multiple paychecks, having it go into a separate bank account that your housing costs, either your mortgage or your rent is debited from. So this segregates that payment and that money from your spending money. So I always like to put the money that I am free to spend in my checking account, but anything else that has to go somewhere, I have that automated. I also have money taken from my checking account daily. I know my bank has a daily savings feature where I can take money from my checking account and automatically put it into my savings account. And that can be as little as a dollar a day. And I think I started with, you know, uh, like a few years ago with doing $3 a day. And then I've upped it since. But if you just start with a couple dollars a day, you would be surprised. And, and this is like where you set it and then the automation does the work for you and money's going, especially if you're trying to build your emergency savings or if you don't have any savings, this is a great tool. And I would really suggest 
So what I always suggest doing is going a little heavier on your savings amount. So it's easier to start heavier and then move your way down. So if you, let's say you start putting money away on a daily savings transfer and you start with $10 a day, and then you just start to notice that it's too much, like it's making your money too tight and that's, that's just too much for you to sustain. It's easier to go down and to find that sweet spot than it is for you to start with $3 and then increase it, if that makes sense. So I always like to start on the heavier side and then move it down rather than start on the light side and move your way up because it's just one of those things where that rarely, rarely happens where people will go in and say, oh, I'm putting $3 away a day, but I really could be putting five. I'm just going to go put in an extra $2 a day. And this is where it starts to come in to focus on how much these little expenses, like $5 a day can really add up and make a difference, $10 a day. And some people might say, I don't, I don't have $10 a day. And maybe some people don't. And that's okay. You have to meet yourself in your financial situation with where you are. But sometimes we also need to push that comfort zone. And we need to really focus on the direction of where we want our money to go. And so I always like to encourage people to stretch your savings comfort zone. And if it's comfortable, then maybe you could be doing a little bit more. But you want to find that sweet spot of where you're making a priority of where your money wants to go with being a little out of your comfort zone. And so I have that money automatically taken from my checking account and put into my savings account. now. The rule of thumb with savings is to have three to six months of your living expenses in your emergency savings account. So the idea is if you were to lose your paycheck, this savings fund would be able to sustain you, your monthly living expenses, for three to six months. So if you're just starting out, your emergency savings, there's a couple things about emergency savings. One, if you're just starting out, just get, and you don't have any savings, just start building your savings a little bit. And especially if you have debt. So this is where it comes in to help to work with a finance coach is because it's, it's coming up with a plan depending, everybody's situation is different. So it's really hard to say, here's how much you should save and while also paying down your debt because everybody's circumstances and their situation is different. Some people have, you know, a couple thousand dollars in debt and some people have higher amounts of debt. And so, but just having that emergency savings really can save you. So if you don't have any savings, I would say start with $1,000 instead of going all in on the three to six months And if you're paying down debt. So just start with really building that up and try and your first hurdle should be getting your emergency savings to $1,000 while you pay down your debt. If you don't have debt, then you should make a huge push to get that three to six months. And six months is on the more conservative side. So that just gives you more of a cushion. I don't recommend having more than six months of your living expenses in a savings account because there comes a, a point where sometimes people want to be more cash heavy, but that doesn't really make sense for a financial plan because you want to get that money invested. You don't want to have excess cash sitting on the side. So it's really important. And this is where, you know, finding those right amounts is going to be different for everybody and everybody's comfort level is going to be a little bit different. So some people might prefer to have three months because, you know, they have a second income that if they lose their job, they can that can help them sustain themselves. And so everybody, it's very personal. And that's why 
financial planning and, and coming up with these plans is is always unique to the person and to the situation. And so sometimes I think it's really hard to make these blanket statements of what everyone should be doing because everyone's situation is different. And so I just always like to say that you have to find what works best for you and what makes you feel comfortable. But keeping over six months in of cash and savings, that's where you need to start investing that cash. But those those are the hurdles. If you don't have any savings, start with $1,000. So start with that $1,000 and then pay down your debt. If you don't have debt, keep building your savings. Keep between three to six months in savings and then that's when you're going to start investing. And so once you start investing, that's just where you really want to start to look at your lifestyle and your expenses and seeing how much money you can put towards your investments and your future. And that's going to be your money working for your future, which is huge. And so spending is taking your money and spending it on today. Investing is taking your money and having it invested for your future. And it's important to think about your money that way because a lot of the times people just spend and spend and spend on today and then your money's not making money for your future. So once you get to the place where you're starting to put money into an investment account, the more that you can pad those accounts and put money into those accounts, the better it will be for you in the long run, especially if you're just starting to put money into your investment accounts. So the more that you can put away there, the more time that you give that money to compound and compound interest is going to be the thing that's really going to help your money grow in your retirement years. So compound interest is what Albert Einstein said was the eighth wonder of the world and the people who don't understand it pay it. And it is very true. So compound interest is just where you invest your money and the money that you put in is called your principal amount. That's your money that you put in. The growth on that money, so the interest part, the money that the growth that is made off of your money, that's the interest that keeps compounding. So the longer that you keep your money invested, then your interest starts making money. And so after one year, you have one year of compound interest. After two years, you, your interest has another year of interest on top of it. Three years, your interest has compounded on year one and year two. And so that's how compound interest works. And that's where you're really going to start to see your money grow. And that's where it's super important to always think about your money that's invested in a sense of compound interest and thinking long term with it. So back to automation. So if you work for an employer and you have a retirement plan, then you can automate your 401k and retirement plan savings. So this is something that you can set up through your employer and your record keeper. If you don't know how to do this, I would highly suggest reaching out to somebody in your HR department that can help you set this up. But the advantage of a 401k plan as opposed to other outside non-employer sponsored retirement plans is the money gets taken from your paycheck and put into your retirement account. So a 401k can only be contributed to from payroll contributions. And so this is a huge form of automation. And every year there are the IRS sets different levels of how much you can contribute to your 401k plan. So for this year until the end of 2023, so until December 31st of this year, you can contribute $22,500. And every year, for the most part, that number changes, it increases. And so for next year, for 2024, you can contribute $23,000. And that's all through payroll deductions. So setting that up 
And trust me when I say, as soon as you set up your 401k, you really don't notice the money coming out of your paycheck. And this is a huge way to save for your retirement and your future and also to let your money compound. So I would highly suggest looking into your employer-offered plans. Employers offer matches as well. And every employer is different and every plan is different. So this is where you also have to find out, and this is an important thing to know, is what is your employer match? And they and your employer will be able to tell you that. Somebody in HR or your record keeper can give you that information. And what an employer match is the money that you put in. Let's say you put in 6% of your income into your retirement account. Your employer can match up to a certain amount. Sometimes it's up to a dollar amount. Sometimes it's up to a maximum percentage. They can match up to 5% of your salary. Every employer is different, but that's free money that your employer gives you and puts into your retirement account. And that's, trust me when I say, that makes such a big difference in the long run. When you go in and at the end of the year, you check your contributions and then you see what your employer put in and you see how much your account grows, that's really the motivation that you need in order to keep staying consistent with investing in your retirement plan. So those are things that you should always know. There are certain things about your finances that I feel you always need to know. And knowing how much you've contributed to your 401k or what percentage you're contributing to your 401k. And it can be 10%, it can be 3 or 5%. So whatever percentage of your paycheck you're contributing to your retirement plan, you should know that number. And you should also know what your employer match is. If you don't know those numbers, then you can find them out. And if you have funds in another retirement plan from a previous employer, you can roll those funds into your current retirement plan. So they're all consolidated. And I highly suggest having as much of your money and your finances consolidated as possible. I have seen people forget about old 401ks that they have at old employers. And it's just one of those things to streamline and keep your finances really clean. So I would highly suggest if you've changed employers, consolidate all of your 401k assets into one plan. You can also, outside of your 401k and your employer-sponsored retirement plan, if you are investing in another outside account, you can automate that as well. You can have money automatically taken from your checking account or your savings account and put into your investment account. And so this is more automation. You can have all of this automated to where you have money coming into, you have your rent going into its own account. You have money going from checking to savings automatically. You have money taken from your paycheck into your 401k retirement account, and you can have money taken from your checking account and put into your investment account. This is all paying yourself first. This is what that means. When money is taken out automatically and put into the buckets that it needs to be in, then this is paying yourself first so you stay on track. Also, if you have certain goals, so let's say maybe you're saving for a down payment on your home, first home, or you want to take a vacation, or there's some goal that you're saving towards, take that money automatically from your checking account and put it into another separate savings account. Or what I usually do is I know the number that I keep in my checking account. Anything above that, if I'm saving for a certain goal, I'll know is the money towards that goal. So let's say 
your amount, your emergency savings account is $10,000, let's say. If I have $12,000 in my savings account, that means that that $2,000 extra is going towards my goal. So that's how I put money away for the goals that I'm saving for. And I also want to talk about saving a little bit because when you have goals or there's things that you want, I feel like we need to pay for it and we need to do that instant gratification right away instead of making a plan and saving for it. So I really encourage people, instead of putting things on debt or instead of saying, oh, okay, I want to take a trip in a month, take a trip in three months if you don't have the money for it right away, save for it. And then that way you work towards your goal without sacrificing the health of your financial situation. And so this is just a tangent on saving for goals, but it's really important to get that your mindset to where when you have something that you're working towards, say, all right, what are the steps that I need to do? How much money do I need to start putting away in order to get to my goal? And maybe your goal, you're going to need more time to get to that goal. So let's say the easiest thing that I think most people can relate to is let's say you want to take a trip and you have, you know how much this trip is going to cost. You can see how much you need to save in order to get to that goal. And maybe you wanted to take that trip in two months, but you're not going to be able to have enough money saved. So you might need to take that trip in three or four months when you actually have the money saved. That's how you keep your financial situation in a healthy place while also being able to do the things that you want to do and not being able to to dip into debt. So the last thing that you can automate is having a separate account for your bills to come out of. So this can be your utilities, your streaming services, or any subscriptions that you have. So all of your bills can go into a separate account just for your bill payment. And you can have your bills automatically set up, of course, suggest that you have bill pay for as many bills as you can. That's also a form of automation. And so here's how you can bucket all of your money. You have your checking account as your main spending money. You have your savings account with your emergency savings. You have your rental savings account that your rent or your mortgage gets taken from. And then you have a bills rent account or a bills savings account that you can have your monthly bills taken out of. Also, if you want to, another thing that you can do is create a goals savings account. If you want to separate your money that you're specifically saving for your goals, separate from your emergency savings account. And this is where you'll have to learn what works best for you. So some people like to keep things as siloed as possible. And then other people like me, if I know how much I have, how much my emergency savings fund is, and then anything above that is going towards my goals, I know that and that works for me. But for some people, it's easier or it works best for them to have things siloed. So this is where you have to find the plan that works best for you in order to keep you on track with your finances, your financial health, and your goals. And so I feel like I covered a lot today on automation, why it's important to save for your your different, to put money away in your different accounts, why it's important to save for your goals and not just pay for everything right away and then paying off debt, which I'm going to go into in way more detail in another episode. But automation can really keep you on track. So it keeps you accountable and keeps your finances on track for you. And this is where when you simplify your financial life, it alleviates so much of the stress. 
And so I would highly encourage you to, the first step is just going to your bank and opening up the accounts that you need in order to automate your financial life and then just start setting it up. And also as far as the days that your bills get paid, check on the day of the month that all of your bills come out of all your bills are due. And then you can call your providers and have them change the date that your bills come out of your account to a specific day so that if there's all of your bills are coming out on the first of the month, you can stagger them so that some of the bills get paid in the beginning of the month and some of the bills get paid in the middle of the month. So feel free to call your providers and ask them to if there's a date that works best for you. And they can go ahead and they can change that. And sometimes people don't know that. But it's really important to know what day of the month each of the bills that you have due are going to be coming out. And I also have a bill calendar that will be available relatively soon. It's going to be a smart calendar that you can input all of your income and your expenses. And then you can see your financial picture for the month so that and especially if you have a month where you have extra expenses or maybe a wedding or a birthday or a trip, then you can see all the different expenses coming out and you can plan your month accordingly. So this is just all the little things that once you have this set up, can make such a big difference with keeping your financial life and your financial health in order. So as always, if you have any questions, always reach out to me. I'm happy to give you some support. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Money Diaries. I always encourage you to reach out to me with any comments, questions, or if you need support, or if there's any topics you would like covered on an episode of The Money Diaries. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Wall Street Girl Next Door. And I will see you on our next episode.